Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This is Computer Talk with Tab, hosted by Eric Semmel of Tab Computer Systems. Interact by phone at 522-WTIC or 1-800-966-WTIC. You can email them in the studio at gethelpattabinc.com or get help anytime at computer.com. Computer Talk with Tab.com. Now, here's Eric. And good morning. This is Computer Talk with Tab. I'm Eric. And I'm Bob. And Bob is an MCSE. Bob Shorey, he comes in and helps me out with uh, your computer problems, comments, questions, and concerns. So we're back to full strength. And uh, we'll be here till 11 o'clock. Feel free to get online and we'll do our best to help you out with your computer problems, comments, questions, and concerns. So Net Neutrality Day. And that was a day back on the, I think it was the 12th, where... The masses are going to fight for free and open internet and enforcing net neutrality laws so that everyone's packets can be treated equally and sing kumbaya together. It just sounds lovely. And I heard a guest on with Ray Dunaway who was uh, opining and worrying about his little YouTube channel that would, if if net neutrality laws were not allowed – would be uh, his his channel could be throttled back and his voice not heard uh, by those who want to find him on the internet. That's just ridiculous, Bob. Who owns YouTube? Uh, Google. Is Google hurting for any money? Uh, nope. I didn't think so. <laughs> Net neutrality sounds like a wonderful thing, right? All packets, all packets created and treated equally. It just is not the f- the way the internet works, okay. So it, when you're what oh, I right, yeah. <laughs> you need a you need a packet to be prioritized when your voice isn't working on voice over IP. Now that was what your <clears throat> voice would sound like if they have strict net neutrality. Exactly. So what what folks don't understand, and again, you need to be a little bit of an economist here is the reason the internet is what it is, is due to all sorts of innovation and competition, right? Geeks being geeks. Excuse me. The reason we have all the stuff that we have is because people went out there and tried to innovate and produced greater tools. The the geeks are disrupting everything from taxis to you name it. It's being disrupted by the the way you're going to get your books. Oh, you don't go to a bookstore anymore. The way you're going to get your your, uh, stuff at the mall. Who goes to a mall anymore? It's, it's all disrupted thanks to innovation and competition and what the Internet has brought us. The moment you get dinglings in Washington telling you that the Internet needs to be treated equally, it'll be equally miserable, right? They'll bring it to the lowest common denominator. Here's all we have to do. We're the big Internet companies. All we have to do is give you 12 megabytes and you call it broadband and you're happy. Well, I think what's important to understand is that the Internet is based on Protocols. Protocols are standards that was developed by tech technology groups. These are groups of people from several big companies that got their computer scientists together, and they said, "This is how we can make these uh, these standards work." Mm-hmm. So they work together in work groups, and they create a protocol. 
So we have a protocol for voice over IP. We have a protocol for sound. We have a protocol for all of these things. For video. And this is all based on science and mathematics. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it works. Now, as soon as you throw politics into it, right. you scramble it all up and you make it broke. What I want, and the reason that I'm not for net neutrality, even though it sounds horrible to not be for all that free and equal internet, is there's nothing free and equal about it. And we want competition. We want companies to be throttled, frankly. So Netflix, right? They live on the internet. They're a content provider, right? They're going to provide your movie to you. They're going to stream it over the broadband um, to get to your TV. They want to offer you 4K video. You know how big that file is going to be? And they want that, that file to be treated the same as your email. It's like shipping a refrigerator to you versus uh, a piece of uh, a letter, all right? But they want that refrigerator to go at the same, get the same prioritization as your letter does. It doesn't work that way. And I would contend Netflix needs to be charged more by the IT, uh, by the internet provider to get that file to you. Well, you know what? I think that the gas stations should charge me the same price for high-test gasoline as they do for regular. <laughs> right. Well, there's that. And there's also, if you think about water and all that kind of things, you know, the idea is if you need it faster, I, again, you use shipping because basically shipping is shipping packages and they charge you different amounts for different size packages and how fast you want to get them. And for some reason, the post office has no problem charging you more for larger packages. I mean, there is a government agency that's five billion zillion dollars in debt and that's really worked really well dealing with packages well unless now we you're want amazon <laughs> and you get a government subsidy <laughs> oh i heard about that don't get me started oh my gosh i cannot believe that but back to net neutrality you want netflix to be throttled right so you want them to say oh geez man comcast is going to charge me more to send bob his 4k video and netflix is going to say hmm i wonder if i could come up with my own network you want that if everything is kept equal, you're not going to find companies innovate to get around and to beat and disrupt the system. You can't have these politicians telling that these companies how to operate. Well, basically, it protects the big boys and doesn't allow pe- small people and individuals to innovate on their own. Well, the net neutrality people would say it's the exact opposite. Net neutrality protects the little guy, the guy that was talking on Ray's show about his little YouTube channel. No, you're on YouTube. It's Google, for crying out loud. And I've got a good used car for sale. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cheap, too. <laughs> so, again, the concept is we want the market to, to compete, and we don't want folks in Washington to say what we all should get as a bare minimum. Um, it's just not how the Internet works, and it's not what we want. We want competition. So if you, I would contend that if net neutrality goes in and continues the way it is, is supposedly set up, uh, you're going to find less and less reasons for folks to, to – uh, to fight with each other because they're all going to get the same speed. 25 megabits might be what we all agree on is is enough. Now, I don't know about you, but maybe a gigabit is really what we want. But 25 megabits is neutral for everybody. That's the free and open internet. It's all going to be run at 25 megabits. Does that make sense, guys? Why would we want everything to be pushed down? Because that's what you're going to do if you're not going to allow Comcast or the... You know, I, I hate Comcast and Cox and all those guys. Don't get me wrong. But you got to let them charge Netflix more to deliver that stuff to you so that Netflix can go to Google and say, hey, guys, let's make a competitive broadband service. Then all of a sudden, you've got more 
services to compete and bring down that price. But if they don't make a profit, then they won't have the money to invest in improved and faster infrastructure. Ex- that's a great, another great point you should bring up. Right. So again, if everything stays the same and nobody charges more for getting their stuff to you, they have no reason to innovate on the infrastructure. And look how great infrastructure is around here, just our roads and bridges and what have you. Again, we have issues with when government gets involved. They don't give you a reason to improve your infrastructure. We want IT to constantly improve that infrastructure or give them a a profitable reason to do so, and I would contend net neutrality puts a monkey wrench in that a bit. Well, if they had implemented net neutrality 10 years ago, we'd all be on dial-up today. Well, that's the thing. Exactly. So go ahead and, uh, and hope for a free and open internet, but there's nothing free and open about it, and uh, you be careful what you wish for. Well, you know, Eric, when was the last time you ever got anything that was free? Yeah, right. Never. <laughs> Never. So t- speaking of this, Bob has a, an article that I've actually I heard this on NPR as well, too. This is uh, something Microsoft is doing. Microsoft is aiming to boost Internet connectivity in the U.S. heartland. Right. How are they going to do that, you ask? Yeah. How would Microsoft, a software company who has have been making operating systems uh, based on Windows NT for the past <laughs> 25 years, how do they help with Internet? Well, on Monday, they unveiled an ambitious plan that would use technology found in the television white space spectrum to develop affordable broadband Internet for at least 2 million customers. Wow, yeah. The aim is to bridge the technology gap between urban and rural American communities. Right. The spectrum is currently unused, the unused portion, in the 600 megahertz frequency range designated UHF television bands which allows wireless signals to travel over hills and through buildings and trees into rural areas. Nice. Microsoft has deployed 20 such projects in 17 countries around the world, Mm -hmm. including Colombia, Kenya, Jamaica, providing access to a total of 185,000 people. Nice. Okay. 34 million Americans still lack access to broadband, he pointed out. Mm -hmm. And although 23 million still live in rural areas... Progress for broadband penetration in the country has plateaued. Exactly. So here's a great example. Another company that's going to innovate and allow broadband access over a different technology. Give them a reason to do this. And now you have Microsoft giving you your Wi-Fi signal, your broadband signal. That's what you want. That is how you want this to happen. You want Apple, you want Google, you want all these guys to go to the big infrastructure guys and say, look, if you're going to charge me more, I'm going to come up with a way to get around you. And that's what you want. Google is focusing on putting fiber in the major metropolitan areas, right. which is giving competition in those right. areas, right. and competition lowers price. Exactly. So that's good news for Microsoft. We'll see what happens with that. And they're utilizing something that you know, UHF, I remember UHF, you should see that on your on your. On your TV when you when you had to change the channel, right? UHF and VHF. <laughs> well, as the upper channel and the lower channel. Yeah, right, right, right. That's right. Yeah. So those are available again. <laughs> For those people that can remember those things. In other news, uh, you might have heard this all over the news, Verizon had millions of customer records exposed. Now, again, the, high, the, the headline, of course, is Verizon. Now, the poor Verizon folks didn't have anything to do with this, Okay. But they had about 14 million of their subscribers' uh, information, including their pins. And these, these are the pins that you need to use to access your account, the thing they ask you every time you walk into a Verizon store to make a change. What's your pin? And the one that's the thing you forget all the time. Um, but they had 14 million of their subscribers' data made available. Now, the thing that this whole headline misses everywhere is that it was the Amazon cloud that did this. 
Okay. Basically, Verizon had a company they work with as an Israeli company called Nice. Isn't that nice? That's nice. Yeah. Nice. And they, doing research or whatever, were throwing this, this data up on an unsecure Amazon cloud server. And it was made available because the dinglings, both in, at Nice and Amazon, don't really require a whole lot of security when you throw stuff up there. The thing that all the drawback about IT geeks that I've always found is they'll work hard to make it work as easily as possible. They won't make it work with all the great securities involved that makes it difficult to share data. They'll make it as easy as possible to get access to data. So the Amazon cloud, any, any Tom, Dick, or Harry can throw up and spin up a server up there. They may not know what they're doing or even bother to secure it, which is in the case this nice company did. And Verizon now is being you know, talked about in the news as being a company that exposed 14 million customers. But no, 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 no. It was Amazon and Nice and the company that worked for Verizon, which of course is still Verizon's responsibility. But the proper blame really should be on the fact that any Tom, Dick, or Harry can throw up an Amazon cloud server. And if you have a company out there that you, and you don't know where your data is being stuck, that's where you've got to worry about things. Because think places like Dropbox, Amazon, all these cloud servers, iCloud, what are your people throwing up there? Would it be something you'd be embarrassed about? <laughs> the cloud or, is not properly secured by a lot of folks these days. Or proprietary information that you wouldn't want to share with your competition? Yeah, right. So we'll put a link up here uh, explaining what happened with this. But uh, b- believe it or not, NICE, uh, I guess, works with a lot of Fortune 100 companies on financial security compliance. <laughs> So uh, that's going to be a bit of an ugly little black eye to them. But uh, we'll put this up here for you to take a look at it. And Again, these headlines, I mean, reporters don't spend a whole lot of time understanding the story, but they really should modify or be a little more, uh, I don't know, nuanced when it comes to really where the problem lies. They used to say the SUV would get in an accident all the time. They'd never blame the driver. Same kind of thing when it comes to this. Verizon's in, oh, those but SUVs, it, they are evil. vicious evil. Yeah. Uh, but you know, here with Verizon doing this. No, it wasn't Verizon. It was Amazon's cloud that was wide open. So uh, we'll take a, we'll step out for a quick break. Get, get online, guys. We've, uh, we're going to be here till 11 o'clock. We have four lines wide open for you. 1-800-966-WTIC, 522-WTIC. If you want to talk about net neutrality, feel free to get online. This is Computer Talk. We'll be right back. And we are back. This is Computer Talk with Tab. We're going to be here till 11 o'clock. Feel free to get online. We have three lines open for you, 1-800-966-WTIC and 522-WTIC. Feel free to get online. You want to talk about net neutrality? Um, you know, Understanding what's going on there, if you can. It is kind of complicated. I'm happy to talk about that. Um, or, or again, we've, uh, we did talk a little bit about last week about my uh, experience with a uh, – Trying to sell a hot tub on Craigslist. So if you've ever, if you have a story and you want to help people, uh, kind of be wary of what's going on there when it comes to computer crime, feel free to bring that up too. I think that's kind of handy. I'm also working to try to get the, uh, um, state of Connecticut uh, computer crimes division on, uh, on the show to talk about these things for us. And, uh, as I'm sure they have some tr- amazing stories to share, uh, that might help us, uh, be a little more wary out there on the internet. Let's go on to, uh, Janet and in, uh, Farmington next. Hey, Janet, what's up? Oh, good morning. Um, I've, I just got a, a Yoga 720, and I wanted to – it's a laptop. Mm-hmm. And I, I wanted to um, 
do what I did on my desktop, and now I don't remember what happened on my desktop, and I can't tell what's running. I have different things that I can see. Mm -hmm. Malware bytes, blue coat canine, yeah. Microsoft security essentials. I'm pretty sure that the, the McAfee's all done with and d right. uh, disabled, but I don't know which ones are running now. So you want this for your new machine. You've got you use the th those three for your old one. You want that running oh. on your new one. Is that what you're saying? Oh, am I using all three of those, or is that okay? I'm well, it's a lot to use. I think you really only need two things. Um, instead of K9 on, on your old, I would now go to OpenDNS. Oh, my God. OpenDNS? Yep. Don't worry. K9's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but we'd, I'd recommend that over K9 now, nowadays. Okay. And so, but I really don't know which ones are active. On the new machine? On the old machine. On the old machine. Well, we don't care. You're getting rid of the old machine. Do we care? No, I do care. It's my la my desktop. You know, it's the one I really trust. Oh, oh. Okay. So you 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 want to find out if those items are actually running? Yes. So if you go to the security center, you're running Windows Seven on the old machine. Ten. I think it's ten. On the old one. Um, she could have updated. How do I tell? Isn't this awful? How do I? Oh, it's Microsoft Ten, but okay. That's fine. How do I tell what um, kind of computer it is? Hit the start button and type in WinVer, one word, W-I-N-V-E-R. W-I-N-V-E-R. Mm-hmm. Okay. Drum roll. Oh, Windows 7, okay. Windows 7, okay. <laughs> Thank you. That's all right. So you want to see if that's what you have live in the security area. So you think you have K9 running, correct? I, I think I do, but... Um, I would change that over to OpenDNS. We're going to put a link up there for you as to how to change that. K9 has got these log logging systems that I would contend start to really slow the machine down over time. Um, and OpenDNS has a better mousetrap. So, so I'm not... How do I tell if it's, if it's active? Uh, go to the blue coat icon okay. um, on your screen, and you, should be, you have to log into it. It'll see if it's been logging. Or try to go to an inappropriate website. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> it's always the final test. Oh, um, I won't give you any examples over the year. <laughs> okay. yeah. I, I, get I used to be able to use WhiteHouse.com, but no longer they fixed that. K nine Web Protection Administration. Uh, yeah, so you ha you're in there, so you would see if that log has been running or if the, it's been updating. Uh, Go to the logging. View internet activity. Yeah, set up. sure. Get help. View internet. View internet activity. You should see current dates on that. Use your oh god login using your K nine. Mm -hmm. I know what that is. Well, you wrote that down, Janet, when you set it up. <laughs> well, I write this in in code so no one can see it. Oh, okay. <laughs> then I can't read it. <laughs> wow, you got some serious covert action going on over there. Protection. Okay. Oh my God. I got the password here. But nice. It's in code, so we never know if it's going to. All right, so we're coming up against the hard break. Okay. <laughs> so check that out while we're in a hard break, and then I'll pick you back up again and try to see if your malware bites and other things are running too, all right? All right, thanks. Hang on one sec. <laughs> She's locking herself out of her own machine. We're going to be here until uh, 11 o'clock. Feel free to get online. Two lines open for you, 800-966-WTIC, 522-WTIC. So Janet and Paul, hang on. We'll be right back. And 
We are back. This is Computer Talk with Tad. We still have a couple lines open. Feel free to get online, and we'll do our best to help you out on this uh, Saturday morning with your computer problems, questions, and concerns. You want to talk about net neutrality? Were you out there marching <laughs> for Net Neutrality Day on the 12th to make sure your uh, network was free and open? Um, uh, I'm just curious. <laughs> Let's go on to your calls. Let's go back to Janet, and uh, she's trying to figure out what she's got active on her computer. So we, we've got Canine running, right, Janet? Um, no, I don't think so. It says um, recent admin events, and it says July 13th and July 12th, and cannot connect to Service Point. Well, that's just a few days ago. Yeah. Um, do you have any other log entries? Well, it, it says, I don't think it's, oh, I can say view all. Um um, no, why is it only in the last few days? Hmm. And the only th- other thing I noticed recent, just today when I got to the got to the machine, it said, "Oh, skip this and log in with your picture." Mm, yeah, it's just an oh on the uh, on the machine itself. Yes. Oh well, that's another security option you can use, but uh, instead of logging in with a password. Yeah, it just appeared. It was <laughs> there before. Yeah, I would uninstall K9 though. Okay. And uh, configure OpenDNS. You don't have to install anything for OpenDNS. You just have to configure it. Okay. And uh, it'll be a, it's a better filter than K9, I think. And okay. then for your antivirus on that machine, you can use uh, Malwarebytes if that's a paid um, antivirus program you have operational. Um, no, you, I don't pay for it. No? So it may not be actively looking at your machine for viruses on the free version. Uh, I use it to scan if I ever have an issue, which I haven't had an issue thanks to the other security protocols I have in place uh, on any of my home computers. So um, the anti-malware I have up, and it says your databases are out of date, fix now. Yes. See how you got to do it manually, Janet? Oh, okay. So is it good enough if I just do the manual? If you regularly do it. Okay. If you don't, then you're more vulnerable. How um, How regularly? I would do it as the first thing I get on the machine, considering you're not using any kind of paid service to protect it for you. So it's probably better just to, to pay for a service? Yeah, generally it'll actually work all the time. The folks that provide it to you are happy to get paid. Or, since you're not paying for this one, you can uninstall Malwarebytes, because you should only need it, need it as a remediation tool, if you have an issue, and just use the... Um, free security essentials that came with the uh, Windows 7 uh, as your antivirus. Those two things are generally, you know, OpenDNS and the free security essentials, I would contend, are generally okay for home users. I would not recommend it for business, but for home users, yes, that's that's enough. Okay, and so what I do on my desktop, mm-hmm. I have to do the same on my laptop. Yes, you'd want to get that going. OpenDNS should be running on your laptop, and... Um, uh, it'll be Defender uh, for Windows 10 on your laptop. Um, it, is it, is it de- Windows Defender? It's the default thing that comes with the... It should, but most yeah, of these companies okay. now, like uh, Lenovo, Dell, all these guys are kind of in bed with these antivirus programs, so they will get a kickback if they throw a 90-day version of McAfee on there for free or 90 days of semantics. So you may have to uninstall the quote-unquote free software that came with the machine. Okay. And then enable Defender. It should enable by itself if it detects there's no other antivirus on the machine. Okay. All right. So I can do the the uh, free 
Microsoft thing. Yeah. That comes with the thing. Mm-hmm. With it, and then um, do the open DNS. Yep. And then anything else on a regular basis, or no, that should be it. If you want to go to the next step, we recommend Webroot as a, a good business and/or personal um, antivirus program. Oh, and you would pay for that? Oh yeah. Okay, Webroot. Yep. Okay. All right, Jen. One word. Yeah, one word. Yep. All right. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Good luck. Okay. Take care. All right. Bye bye. So yeah, Canine had its place. We were very happy with it. Um, it just it just builds these large logs, and uh, OpenDNS seems to be a better product. Let's go on to uh, Ocala, Florida, and Paul next. Hey, Paul, what's going on down there? Uh, I'm, I'm staying warm. How's that? <laughs> I guess you are. Yeah. <laughs> Managing. Yeah. Anyways, it doesn't get any hotter here than it does up there. It's just that it's more constant. Right. Um, which, which may or may not have a problem uh, or an effect on my network. What I'm having a problem with is that um, I keep getting a uh, little pop-ups or a delay when I go to certain web pages. I am running a, uh, it's about a four-year-old Surface Pro 1 with mm. i5 processor. So it's not a dog, but it's, no. you know, it's not the most newest thing either. Right. And I've got a um, CenturyLink company down here that uh, does the internet and uh, Speakeasy says I'm 26 megs down. Okay. But Is that I what you paid up, for? Yes, I did. Okay. Yeah. And that's about as best as good as you can get around here unless you really want to pay. But okay. anyways, the problem I'm having is that when I open up certain pages, I'm getting your connection was interrupted and that what change was directed, blah, blah, blah. Hmm. Uh, I get that several times. And even when I um, – Windows start screen can't be reached right now because I think that was when we're um, I was updating the newest version of Windows or something. Mm-hmm. Check your internet connection. Windows smart screen is unreachable, blah, hmm. blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, there's a lot of that. <laughs> yes, there is. Any ideas what's going on? Um, well, do you have our – we just had a last caller. You probably heard the, the discussion. Do you have OpenDNS running down? down I do. You do? I do. All right. So you, you, that would I definitely – Now, good, good, good. <laughs> so you have good, fast uh, DNS because that does also help with performance. But you may have mm-hmm. another issue going on there. Um, is this wireless or hardwired, Paul? It is hardwired. Okay, hardwired, all right. Yeah, well, I've, I've got the um, surface that it's in the docking station. Okay. Your uh, cable modem, is that provided by CenturyLink? Uh, y- yes, it is, and I actually bought it. Oh, you bought <laughs> it from them? From them, yes. Okay, how long ago? Um, two months. Okay, so it's relatively new. Yeah. All right, so now you're back to, we know the Internet's probably okay. You're running good. You're running over, over good DNS. It could be an issue with your browser. Um, what are you using for a browser, Chrome or Firefox? Chrome. Chrome, Chrome. primarily, yeah. Version 54? Pardon me? Is it current? Well, uh, you know, that's a great question. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I update it periodically, but mm-hmm. usually... Yeah, well, we would recommend trying to update it while, you're, while we're talking about this. Maybe clearing out its cache. You could have some sort of issue going on there. Um, so go to the, the cache settings and clear out um, the cache. That could be helpful. Okay. Um, other than that, is there anything? I'm looking at maybe your network. Um, the issue could be with your dock, um, some sort of problem with your network card. Within the okay. dock, um, because mm-hmm. uh, otherwise everything else is in good shape. Twenty six megs is fine. Do you, do you have a firewall between you and that 
uh, cable modem? Only no. Okay. Um, so you don't have wireless at all in your house? Oh, I'm sorry. I do have wireless, yes, but I thought you meant like a um, an additional uh, hardware-type uh, firewall. Well, personally, I would, I would recommend that, but that's besides the point. But if you have wi- wireless and you're connected wire, wired, what I would mm-hmm. do is disable the wired, connect to the wireless, and see you still have the same problem. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we can isolate whether it is that dock's network card. So you so you're thinking the old dock is kind of uh Well, we're getting to that point. Here. Yeah, well, yeah, because you've changed the modem, you're running open DNS, you're running you got 25 megabits, you're getting what you paid for, but you're still experiencing some sort of intermittent problem. It's got to be the network card in that dock that's your trouble. So okay. Bob's idea is to try your wireless side to see if you have better better luck. The other thought is to update the drivers um See if you have any updated drivers from Microsoft on that Surface One uh, that might reflect uh, improvements they've made to the dock and the network card. There, okay. there might be All some right. updates there, but try wirelessly. That's a good good way to troubleshoot this, Paul. Okay, I appreciate that. The other thing is Windows Mail. I got the new um, Microsoft, whatever. What's the difference with Windows Mail that they just came with the new version? Is that still an Outlook type thing? It's I mean, I'm using Thunderbird right now, and because I I just like to have my documents on the PC, and I don't want um, to have to go to the um, uh, the home, you know, the internet um, right. provider to right. get my that's, emails. You know. that's basically like the several iterations ago. It would have been probably called Outlook Express, except it's probably better than Outlook Express was. Yeah, and if you like Thunderbird, I would tell you to stick with Thunderbird. Right. I always liked Outlook Express. <laughs> yeah, we yeah we did too, um, but it's not quite the same as Outlook Express was. Oh, it's much much better. But you think so? Oh yeah, because Outlook Express had four databases that you couldn't That's true. move. That's true. You know, and it was uh, terrible. Yeah, dealing with it when it didn't work was more of a pain. When it did work, it worked pretty well. <clears throat> okay. Excuse me. Okay, I know you got other people. One quick thing is that yeah. uh, talk about uh, internet security and such. Yeah. Um, I read something online um, where the federal government, because of this Russia stuff, uh, elections, et cetera, yeah. uh, they're looking at Kaspersky yes. and reevaluating it. Yes. <laughs> well, you know what? I've often found that to be kind of funny. Why are we, you know, I would not want to run Russian antivirus on my computer. It does seem kind of stupid, doesn't it? It does to me. <laughs> and if you're Moscow, I highly doubt you have American antivirus running on your machines. You, you don't think so? Well, they they probably have revisit, uh, revisions of Cisco firewalls that the uh, NSA has gotten a hold of before they shipped it to Russia. But the point is, yeah, I mean, I think it's really kind of stupid to run Kaspersky on your on your on your systems. Um, yeah, and then there's there's PCmatic that they have, puts great ads on there, but I've researched it a little bit and uh, I'm a little suspect or question you know I have questions with them too. And yeah, I, I'll go with the open DNS. And, I, I would have a lot of fun with the quote unquote Czech Republic when they would have you know AVG right. I mean mm-hmm. that's a that's former Soviet bloc right. <laughs> Well, maybe they don't speak Russian. They speak. <laughs> the point is, the point. Look, you know, we should, you know, we should probably have American technologies. They're going to spy on us already. Our own government. Do we really? Does it make a lot of sense to put, you know, you know, other countries' stuff on your on your government uh, machines? I don't think it does. Well, 
It just seems like a duh to me. I mean, it really doesn't mm-hmm. take any. I mean, it should be one of those checklists when they're setting up the new computer at the at the uh, Congress. You know, Russian software. No, uh, you know. I mean, check, check. I mean, come on. What are you? What are you crazy? Do you remember when the government used to actually promote "Buy American"? Yeah, well, there's that too. There's that <laughs> oh, too. Well, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's a you go back in history now. Give yeah. American a give Americans a job. <laughs> now so, it's give a Chinese. Yeah, job. it is funny though. It is. It is funny, Paul. Yeah, and and the uh, shame of having uh, companies hire people and have the current employees train the replacement. Yeah, is, that is a problem. It, it, that's that is really. Yeah, those are the um, what are those called? H one B H one Bs. Yeah, that's a big. Yeah, there's a yeah. big problem with that. You know, they can, we've got some great folks that come over on their own with through H one B visas, but there's there's some definitely abuse happening there, and we shouldn't mm-hmm. be training our own replacements by having these big companies abuse that system. So. Hopefully that'll get fixed in the next four years or so, Paul. We'll see. I hope so. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you for that. I'll give. Uh, if it doesn't work, I'll be calling it back. Yeah. But I'll, I'll try eliminating the doc and see if that helps. Yeah. Very good. Okay. Thank you very much. You got it, Paul. Have a good day. You too. Bye bye. Go take care of that puppy. That puppy's upset. Let's go on. Uh, we to take a break, probably. Right, Matt. Yeah, I'll take a quick break. Bill in Enfield, hang on. There's some more lines coming in. The phones are ringing. One eight hundred nine six six WTIC five two two WTIC. We'll be right back. And we are back. This is Computer Talk with Tab. We're going to be here till 11 o'clock. Bob and I were just talking. I mean, they had the whole thing with Kaspersky, which is a Russian antivirus to, uh, program. And our U.S. government is finally deciding, you know, we probably shouldn't have that on our machines. And I agree. And, you know, Russia's in the news. Uh, but whether they're in the news or not, I mean, it really just seems stupid to be having any kind of foreign government-based security software on U.S. government computers. Mm. Period. But what was the Freedom Fries all about? Remember, we were all mad at the French for something, and we had to call them Freedom Fries for oh, a while? Oh, they did something. That I was forget in, what in, it was. Some... Something in Congress where they would not eat uh, French fries in the congressional uh, cafeteria anymore. I can't remember what it was about. Yeah. Kind of well, you me. call them Ameri- uh, American fries, yes. and then they're fine. <laughs> right, sure. You know, you put lipstick on a pig. <laughs> Here you go. Let's go on to Bill and Enfield. Hey, Bill, what's going on? Hey, guys. It's slightly less geopolitical, but... <laughs> a messaging question, nonetheless. Well, because um, first ski antivirus could be right on your machine, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've I've got I'm running uh, Outlook 2010. Yes, and, which I've loved for years now. And uh, about three weeks ago, it just stopped um, the ability to to search email. Yes, suddenly stopped and is now failing. Yes, returning no results. Yep. It's Any a f- idea where I should start? Um. Yes. I rebuilt the index. Everything seems to be turned on. Yes. This is something we found in a few of our clients, actually, because, of course, a lot of folks run um, Outlook 2010, and this indexing thing was a big pain. Um, it took us a while to figure out what was going on. Microsoft had fixed it. They put out a patch that, that caused this issue, um, okay. and then they, I guess, took a while to correct it. Um, I'm going to reach out to one of our techs uh, at Tab because he'll have the exact – uh, knowledge base that we had to use to solve this for our other client. It wasn't. It's not perfectly solved. Microsoft has somehow broken indexing in Outlook, um, uh, but it is. It is getting corrected, uh, okay. and uh, we can put some links up there for you specifically for this bill. But you're not alone. It is frustrating. 
It yeah. is frustrating. Yeah. All right. I'll look. I'll look for it on your site this week. You got. Yeah. It'll be there for you, Bill, because you're not alone. Excellent. Thanks, guys. Have you a got good weekend. You too. Bye now. Bye bye. Yeah, Microsoft put out some sort of uh, update that broke indexing within Outlook on a few flavors of Outlook. And, uh, you know, customers are calling it, hey, what's going on? We can't fix We didn't do anything. Um, Microsoft did. You know, in their infinite wisdom, they do these updates all the time and they break things. And that's normal with when it comes to software. I mean, I guess now with all the number of lines of code... You know. Well, the only thing that bothers me about that, well, of course, they've given you the ability now to choose when to do the updates again. Right. But for a while, they took them back, and so yeah, you're you're darned if you do, darned if you don't, because if if you don't do the updates, you're not secure. If you do do the updates, you break things and you get people upset. And it's like, hey, it was working fine before you updated it. Well, we didn't. You know, Microsoft's the one that broke it. They're the ones that have uh, poor uh, QC well, like in their to updates. Wait a week or two and see if, <laughs> if anything breaks for other people. Yeah. <laughs> Rather than be the guinea pig and yeah. then have it not work. Exactly. So let's go on to Bill in Windsor next. Hey, Bill. Good morning. How are you today? Good. How are you? Good. The reason I'm calling is in an effort to basically enhance uh, security when I'm online, both for web searching and uh, receiving emails. I'm wondering if replacing my IP with one of these uh, VPNs makes any sense that it's worthwhile. Will, would it only create other problems? So you want to be able to be surf more securely. Right. Well, like the VPN, like NordVPN or IPVanish VPN, or if there's any one of a number of these out there. There are. So... I've, I don't know. Part of me is a little nervous about using those types of services, but it, they they would generally allow for more security of what you're doing on the internet as far as how you surf. However, they themselves would know where you're going, so it comes down to who you trust. Okay. So don't assume that just you know whichever VPN service you use couldn't somehow have their data exposed and then says Bill from Windsor was going here. Uh, because when you go to through their VPN, you're going out their their portal, right? So you're going to surf to them from point A to point B, and then from them you're going to surf to wherever you're going to go, right? Mm-hmm. So that right. their firewalls and routers know wherever you're going, right? Okay, and you, it basically comes down to how good their firewalls are. Not how good they are. I'm sure they're tremendous, okay. right? Let's assume they're the best on the planet, right? Their firewalls are awesome. The problem is they they know your IP address in Windsor. And if they somehow are exposed by somebody throwing that information up on WikiLeaks that works at whatever VPN company you're using, all your great security that you tried to protect yourself with is gone because they are going to list the IP addresses of wherever Bill from Windsor went after he landed at their location. Because what's happening is you're going from point A to point B and then surfing out of B. Right, that's how China, folks in China who want to get around the repressive government or other other governments like who are work, dealing with folks like China who want to surf the free internet, they use a VPN out to a free country and then surf the world. Right, right. They have to get out of of China to do it, so they get I get they have to get out of that network. But when they land on that spot, let's say it's uh, let's say it's in Iowa, the Iowa location knows that the China IP address went where it went. So if that Iowa location ever somehow exposes where everybody's going, no, everyone knows where you went. Does that make sense? That makes, makes a lot of sense, yeah. Okay. Plus, plus, they're more recognizable. Somebody was searching, if they want to hack in, they, they know who they are. They don't, they don't really know who I am. So. Correct. Most people will use that type of service to search more privately, so they, don't, they feel that the ISPs who do report to the government 
Um, if you wanted to do a subpoena, the government couldn't do anything to find where Bill was going because you were going through a VPN. They would have to f- figure out where your VPN ended up. Right. That's that's what's going on with that. So I don't know, Bill. Keep it keep it in mind that wherever you're landed is the weak link. Okay, appreciate it. Thank you. You got it, sir. Have a good day. You too. Bye bye. All right, this is Computer Talk. We'll put some link up there, uh, some information on that for you as well. Uh, we're going to be here till eleven o'clock. Stick around. We'll be right back. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. 